Crazy Kinds Podcast, hosted by Ari Kemp. Crazy Crimes. This is Ari Cat, and I am back with another Crazy Crimes podcast episode, especially from Crazy Colorado. Now, you guys know that I'm from Colorado and I love this place, and I could not be happier anywhere else, but there's some crazy people out here, and I can't lie. So, this case is actually from Colorado Springs which is very close to where I am and it's a missing persons cold case file that has recently been solved a whole decade after Karen Nichols of Colorado Springs Colorado vanished without a trace after being last seen on October 9th 2012 now let's get into some background information about Kara before we get into what happened to her 10 years ago. So let's start from the very beginning. Kara Nichols was born Kara Nancy Nichols on May 20th, 1993 to parents Paul and Julia Nichols. Kara also had two siblings, an older brother and a younger sister, making Kara the middle child. It isn't a concrete fact where she was born, or if she was actually born in Colorado, but she did indeed grow up in Colorado Springs for most of her life, up until she went missing on October 9th, 2012. She actually even had a 719, which is the area code in Colorado Springs, on either her left or her right ankle. And she had strawberry blonde hair with green eyes. She was five feet, eight inches, and weighed about 115 pounds. So she was a teeny tiny little thing, but um, she was pretty tall. So just like some other teenagers out there, it's not unusual. Kara had her fair share of run-ins with the law. Once when she was 13 years old, she was actually caught shoplifting. She underwent a juvenile adjudication, meaning a judge was basically left to decide what Kara would do for the shoplifting she was caught doing. She was then sentenced to a community service program. During her sophomore year in high school, she fell into a deep depression after their family dog passed away. I mean, how can you blame her, guys? Like, I would be super devastated too, like if my dog passed away. But, you know, and as a teenager, as a child, she was basically a child, 13. It's hard, and it's hard to grasp death at that age, imagine, you know? So like I said, she was basically depressed because her family dog passed away. Her parents were concerned for Kara, and they advised her to go see a psychologist to help her with her depression. But Kara refused, and just like other teenagers, they don't want help. They they think they don't need help. And they and she just would not take the prescribed medication that was told she should take for her depression to at least cope with it or to at least maintain or manage it. This is where Kara's life would turn upside down. Instead of taking the prescribed medication a psychologist advised her to take, Kara started using drugs. And with this, she became more rebellious and manic. 
So I basically added on, so it basically probably counter counteracted um, for her depression. It was very counter reactive. Is that a thing? But that's probably what it was. Um, so when she was taking these hard drugs, her depression would actually get worse. Now, it's obvious to say that Kara was not in the right state of mind. We've all been teenagers at one point in our lives, and we can all agree that those are the toughest years of our lives. Emotions are on full swing, hormones are going crazy, and as children, we just didn't know what to do. And unfortunately for Kara, she was more susceptible into getting addicted into the drugs she experimented with because of the state of her mental health. And like I said, her depression was not maintained by the right medication and her taking these illicit drugs made it worse. So during high school, Kara attended Rampart High School in Colorado Springs, but she did not end up graduating from there. Instead, she got her GED from a local alternative high school called Life Skills of Colorado Springs, where she was able to work at her own pace. And honestly, I feel like a lot of schools nowadays, now this is 10 years back, but I feel like schools nowadays are getting into more of tailoring the learning to each individual students instead of just putting them all, 30, 30 of them in a big classroom and expect them to learn like everybody else. You know, so I feel like a lot of these alternative schools, um, a lot of people do well in them and, you know, and it's just what it is for them. And that's fine because she did end up getting her GED, like I said. After Kara's graduation from alternative school, she then went on to find her niche in the working world where she took on a waitressing job. But she was also very, very interested in becoming a model and one day maybe becoming famous, you know? And I feel like that's, as a kid, as a child, that's one of your goals. It's like, oh yeah, I want to be famous. That's like the very, very, um, um, I guess, general ideations of young children. You know, I want to be famous. But And like I said, she was five foot eight. So she was five foot eight and she was pretty... Uh, slender and she could have she could pass e she could pass easily as a model and she could probably have been very successful in that with that dream she started to do small modeling jobs here and there in the local area Kara's love for modeling only got bigger when websites for aspiring models began to pique her interest she found a website called model mayhem where both models and photographers create profiles and meet with other aspiring artists so they could collaborate and work together for a project. It was basically something new because obviously internet was new. It was fairly new back then. And it was just another website, another application, just like Tinder, just like we have Hinge nowadays. It's, it's the same thing. But this was more of a website base. Like you have to actually go on the website to create your account and meet and do stuff it, we didn't really have enough we didn't really have too much apps back then so in 2012 websites like model mayhem were new and not very popular like i said like instagram or facebook nowadays websites like this may have may have had many users but not as mainstream as other platforms i myself actually i had a model mayhem account at one point because i was actually an aspiring photographer 
which you know that's another story for another time but i didn't end up pursuing it at the end in a nutshell so in the website you can basically connect with others through messaging becoming friends and whatever happens after that i guess just happens so in the summer of 2012 the summer before Kara would disappear, Kara quit her waitressing job and moved with her family to Chicago, Illinois. But her drug usage just deepened and her family basically enrolled her into a drug treatment program but was unfortunately discharged early due to failure of following rules during her stay with the program. So basically, it, the programs are va basically very, very tough from what I've heard and what I've read. And they put rules for you obviously because you're clearly an addict and they want you to basically not be addicted to whatever it is that you're addicted to but i'm not i'm not 100% saying that this is 100% effective but that's what it was and she could not she kara could not personally follow the rules in august 2012 Kara decided to move back to Colorado where she was sharing a home with three male roommates in the 6700 block of Mission Road in the Cimarron Hills area of Colorado Springs. Kara also returned to her previous waitressing job and went back onto Model Mayhem to continue to pursue her modeling career. Kara's brother, who also lived in Colorado but at a different home, was the first to notify police on October 12th four days after Kara was last seen and heard from. However, the police did not give the case the attention it deserved at first because it was deemed that Kara is an adult, she was 19 years old, and is allowed to go wherever she wants whenever she pleases. However, Kara's family knew that it was very unlike her to not contact them. Like she's very, like she uses her phone a lot, she uses social media a lot, so it was not like her to not be contacting anyone including her family and her friends for four days so that was a big red flag the night carol was last seen she told her roommates that she had plans to go to denver later in the night for a modeling gig she managed to get at this point carol had actually been getting a lot of modeling photo shoots and offers so it was not unlikely that she met up with photographers in the local area to do work carol however did not tell her roommates exactly who she was meeting up with in Denver and they also were not aware how she was getting to Denver until she was picked up that night at about 10 p.m. Her roommates told investigators that someone driving a black SUV picked Kara up from their home and headed to Denver. The night Kara was last seen, she was wearing a hooded sweatshirt, dark colored jeans, and a pair of white DC sneakers. Kara also had a lot of distinctive physical features such as a tattoo of a small spaceman on her left wrist and a small marijuana leaf on her right ankle. And like I said, she also had the 719 tattooed out on her and I'm, I believe it's on her left ankle. She has a Monroe piercing between her lips and nose on the right side of her mouth. Her belly button and back was also pierced and she had gauged ears like I mentioned. The last known text message that was sent from Kara's phone was from 11.45 p.m. of October 9th. Her phone was never located, but when investigators looked into her cell phone activity through tower information, the last location where Kara's phone had last pinged was just 30-minute drive away north 
of her home in Colorado Springs. So she didn't even make it far from her home, guys. 20 to 30 minutes away from her home, going north. So it, it was basically going towards Denver, a route that you could take if you want to go to Denver. So it was going towards that way. While investigating Kara's disappearance, law enforcement also learned that Kara had previously been involved with drugs and prostitution. Authorities also learned that Kara had a falling out with a pimp, but there were no evidence to confirm this, nor did they bring anyone in whom they suspected could be involved with her disappearance. Within the last two years before she disappeared, Kara was said to have been selling sexual services to support her drug habits. Within the following months, on November 30th, 2012, Authorities announced to the public that they were looking for two brunette women who reportedly spent much of the day with Kara before she disappeared later in the night. No one is sure if these two women were the ones to pick up Kara from her home with the black SUV scene. Also, in November 2012, there was a lead presented to authorities when a website for Las Vegas Escort Services had a photo of a Kara Nichols, but this tip presented itself not useful as when Kara's investigators called the phone number listed on the website, the person's voice was not of Kara's. When her family was asked to confirm, it was indeed not their missing loved one. It was concluded that the photos on the website were stolen from another platform and that Kara was in fact not in Las Vegas. Since then, no new leads on Kara's disappearance has been brought forward. Now we're gonna fast forward 10 years later. This is when, on February 7th, 2022, remains were discovered, which was eventually concluded that it was indeed Kara Nichols' body. Her remains were found in a 9600 block of Burgess Road in the Black Forest area of Colorado Springs. This also coincides with the last towers where Kara's cell phone had pinged until it was turned off at after 11.45 p.m. after she sent her last text. Positive identification was made by the El Paso County Coroner's Office after the discovery. Investigators were led to the area where Kara's body was essentially found because they had been looking into some cold cases and Kara's case was one of the ones they were looking back on. They were re-interviewing a witness of the case and that was when new critical information came to light which led investigators to search in the area around Burgess Road. This discovery also led them to the suspect in the disappearance and now murder of Kara Nichols, who is Joel Hollendorfer. Hollendorfer, at the time of Kara's disappearance, was 36 years old, and he has also once maintained a residence in the same area where Kara's remains were found. It is still unknown how Kara and Hollendorfer crossed paths, but his ex-wife, whose name is Christina Palmer, told the FBI that Hollendorfer admitted to her that he had accidentally killed an escort he hired several years ago and that he had buried the body on his parents' property, which is on Burgess Road. Palmer also told investigators that she believed Hollendorfer's parents knew about the murder and that they may be covering for him as well. Now 46 years old, Hollendorfer was arrested and charged with second-degree murder with a million-dollar bond in Kara's case. He was arrested at the same property where Kara's remains were found. 
a deeper search into Hollendorfer and it shows that he would always come back to live at his parents' house on Burgess Road, although he did have numerous other addresses in and around Colorado. Hollendorfer is also being charged with tampering with evidence in addition to the murder charge. Hollendorfer was first brought in for an unrelated warrant. During that time, they asked him about his encounters with Kara where he repeatedly denied knowing her or even meeting her. Hollendorfer's mother was also questioned and asked if she knew where they could look and she then pointed investigators to a spot where her favorite horse was buried and essentially the same spot where Kara's remains were discovered. The same spot was actually marked by a cadaver dog when Kara first went missing 10 years ago but no one ever followed up on that lead. On February 17, 2022, 10 days after Kara's remains were discovered, during a court appearance, Hollendorfer's charge was upgraded from second-degree murder to first-degree murder and his bond was revoked. The investigators believed that Hollendorfer arranged to meet with Kara the night she disappeared. They made plans for him to pick her up. They made plans for him to pick her up from her Mission Road address and during their encounter, he strangled her essentially killing her. He then took Kara's body into his parents' property where he then buried her. Hollendorfer went back to court on February 23, 2022 where he waived his right to a speedy trial. He requested his right to no longer speak with law enforcement and his attorneys objected to cameras in the courtroom. Kara's family and friends who've been searching for the missing woman since 2012 has many great things to say about her. One of her childhood friends, whom she'd met while attending Trailblazer Elementary School in Colorado Springs, had a lot of great things to say about Kara. Mickey Mitchell was holding out hope that one day she'd be able to see her friend Kara Nichols again. However, when she went missing in 2012 and 10 years later, Mitchell heard the news of a body being discovered and essentially finding out that it was indeed her long-lost friend, Kara. Mitchell told local news media outlets that, I quote, I haven't been able to sleep. I've been very upset. I'm very disappointed and I'm sad. I'm just really shocked by everything. Mitchell wants justice for her friend and would like to see the person responsible for Kara's disappearance and murder to be put on trial and spend the rest of his life behind bars. Mitchell's mom, Jennifer Mitchell Dixon, has this to say about Kara, whom she remembered being around them a lot while they were still living in Colorado. She was just an all-American girl, just a normal, great person. She was spunky. She had a lot of life to her, Mitchell Dixon said. Kara could have been anybody's daughter, you know? She was the girl next door. Her parents are phenomenal. Mitchell also spoke about the last time she saw and spent time with Kara. It was the summer before she went missing, and Mitchell said everything seemed normal, and Kara was acting like... Kara. But little did she realize it was going to be the last time she'd see her childhood friend alive. Joel Hollendorfer has another court date set in April of 2022 for a status conference hearing. Conclusion Kara's disappearance has been a mystery for almost a decade. I am in no position to say whether the investigation was flawed from the beginning or what. However, I did find that the investigator that was handling the case in 2012 openly admitted that there were leads that were not carefully looked into. 
I still believe that we have a lot to do, especially when it comes to missing endangered adults. Kara's disappearance was not taken seriously from the very beginning. When her, when her brother notified police of her not being seen or heard from for a few days. Although people are adults, it doesn't mean they are not susceptible to any harm or foul play. I understand that urgency is only meant when children are missing or adults go missing with their children. But I believe that there should also be urgency for people who are deemed as adults but are not acting like their usual characteristics. I also believe that Kara's body or remains could have been found a decade ago had law enforcement put more into work than they did, which I'm not... I am not basically downplaying what they've done for the last 10 years. It's just the fact that even a law enforcement officer from that time frame to come out and say that they did not look into evidence or witnesses or any leads that well back then, that's very unacceptable. If anyone is to blame, it is only Joel Hollendorfer for taking Kara Nichols away from her young life, her family, and her friends. Many would judge Carol for her actions and the decisions she's made. However, this does not make it okay that she was essentially murdered whilst trying to stay afloat and happy with her life. She was only 19 years old, a baby if you think about it, when she disappeared. She needed people who could help her find her way, but instead she crossed paths with someone who wanted nothing but to take advantage of her, then dispose of her like she was not anyone's sister, daughter, or a friend. I will keep you guys updated in this case as it develops. The last thing I heard about it was that the autopsy report came back. But because it's been so long, her body has basically just been dis decomposing this whole time. They couldn't really find uh, a concrete, you know, like a normal. It's not as easy to basically find out the cause because it's been so long but essentially they said that they basically didn't find any other any other injuries to her body but strangulation was essentially what killed her if you guys would like to support Kara Nichols family with the loss of Kara, please visit www.karanichols.org for more information about this case. They do post a lot of updates and they're very good at replying. I did I did reach out to them to see if they had a GoFundMe and I don't think they ever made one and I don't think they ever will they ever will make one. But if you guys would like to support and just you know give that page a like on Facebook, go to www karanichols.org that's k-a-r-a-n-i-c-h-o-l-s karen nichols rest in peace kara and you will never ever be forgotten Episodes.